1: We're not doctors, and we don't play them on the internet. Now, let's get ready to chew the fat. Mmm, bacon. Hey everyone, All right, welcome back to the Tactical Shirt Show, no, Tactical Kitchen Show, the Tactical (laughs) Kitchen Shirt Show. One (laughs) of those.
0: I think that's appropriate, (laughs) so I have no idea what we're doing today.
1: Well, you know, there used to be a, a radio show called The Shit Show. Yeah. Yeah, we were actually on it.
0: That's right. I yeah. forgot about that. that was We've back. done a lot of things.
1: We've done a lot of crazy stuff.
0: We've done a lot of things. Speaking of crazy things, let's just talk about me for a minute. Wait, it's episode 68.
1: Oh man.
0: And that was kind of a normal intro.
1: <laughs> no, it wasn't. That was not normal at all.
0: Not when you're right. Okay. Fine. So, back to me. I ran a long way today. <laughs>
1: I ran a long way. <laughs>
0: I was forced gumping it. On this planet I ran. No, just around the neighborhood. I get I start feeling like like a hamster in a in a hamster wheel.
1: Yeah, we don't we don't have what we call a, a scenic running route. It's more of just in a neighborhood. Yeah. I mean, we're lucky though because uh, you know, one lap around the neighborhood works out to almost exactly a mile. So that's yeah. that's cool.
0: So it's easy to keep track until you go so long you start forgetting how many times have I gone around this. <laughs> that's where I was at today. I was like, how many times did I go around? I don't know. Yeah, yeah. So how so long did you run? I ran for an hour and 30 minutes.
1: An hour and 30 minutes. Which that, felt
0: like a lifetime. It,
1: that's a long time. When you can get up to run in for an hour or more, you're really starting to dig into that you know, mitochondrial improvement in your body?
0: Well, I think the biggest thing is just like the, the being able to go that long on my feet. <laughs> I was like, man, my tendons and my ligaments and my feet are actually working today. It feel, it doesn't feel bad. It never felt bad mm-hmm. until the very end. when.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so I stopped.
0: <laughs> well, when I knew I was about, because I knew I already had said, okay, I'm going to run for an hour and 30 minutes today. I had a goal. And when I got to that one minute, or no, I'm sorry, one hour and 26 minute mark, and mm-hmm. I knew, oh my God, I only have four minutes left, I, I started feeling it. And I think and it was I was a, running. That, yeah. Well, it was mental. Mm-hmm. It was totally mental because I wasn't, you know, I wasn't winded really because it's a slow run. And I guess I could have gone longer, but it's just really that, like we've talked about before, time on your feet getting your, your body just used to going for that long.
1: Right. You've got to work up to it so you don't have any injuries. And that's what we're doing now is we're both kind of working our mileage up, which is which is funny. We kind of do this every September, October, November. <laughs> no. We kind of like work our mileage up and get it up pretty high. And then December rolls around and we're like, yeah, <clears throat> kind of goes down the tubes.
0: Winter comes. Winter.
1: And, and then winter is coming.
0: It, it doesn't come until like mid-December though. So right yeah. now we're in... What did your mom call it? Sweat Timber.
1: Hot tober. October. Well, we're
0: still in Sweat Timber. Oh,
1: okay, that's right. Last day. We're today. in we're
0: in Sweat Timber, and then we're about to move right on into Hot Hot tober.
1: Yeah, so we got so, we're, you know we're in in North Texas. The whole next week is still supposed to be over ninety degrees, and, and it's going to be October. It's
0: so stupid.
1: So, um, you know, you, you have the cycles of when, when it's uh you know. Kind of April, May, you're really like, oh man, I can't wait for summer to come so I can get out in the heat and really sweat and and get it going. And then about August, you're like, what was I thinking? That
0: was really dumb. And then
1: mid-September, you're like, where is fall? I need fall. So
0: You know, I've resorted to wearing sweaters and boots before when it's been like 85 degrees because it's November and it's just (laughs) like, I can't take it anymore. Mm -hmm. But hopefully we'll get some cool weather in the next week or so. It's in the forecast. It is. Yeah, and that makes uh, We're getting running. a big cold front. It's going to drop down to 92.
1: <laughs> that was the
0: thing that was like, we're getting a weak cold front next Friday and it'll be like 92. I'm yeah. like,
1: man. It is a little bit of a break. I'm, I'm just, I'm looking forward to the cooler morning so you can get out and run and you're just, you just deal with, like you said, time on feet. You don't have to fight fight the heat like we were doing this morning. It was, it was pretty hot.
0: It was hot. And then when I say I ran like six, Seven and a half miles, or whatever, and then I think about the people who are out there doing a hundred, and I'm like, I feel really like I just got started. That's a warm up. No, you know,
1: not saying we're ever going to run a hundred miles, but we have been kind of working our way up to we we could do a half marathon or a marathon. And again, we're just just doing that because we're 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 stubborn.
0: Because we're stupid. Because we
1: <laughs> we hate people telling us you can't you can't be a carnivore or a keto and and run. A marathon, um, so yeah, we're stubborn.
0: Okay. So let's talk about that real quick. So I did the long run. You ran an hour this morning, mm-hmm. and then you worked hey, out after hey, that.
1: Hey, I ran an hour and ten minutes. Okay. And,
0: okay, sorry, I didn't mean to steal your. You thunder. stole
1: ten minutes from me.
0: I did. I didn't know. I, I wasn't keeping track of you. We're
1: credit. I want an award. I want a prestigious award. And
0: oh my god! <laughs> so then I came back from my run. You were outside in the backyard working out mm-hmm. again, like right after your run. So. The interesting thing about that is that we had not had food since two o'clock yesterday, mm-hmm. for our end of our eating window. So we went all evening, didn't have food, and then all morning. So, just to recap, we always have the fat coffee in the morning, which is about one hundred and thirty calories, of uh, you know, right. In if you want to say calories, but whatever. Um, and then we have exogenous ketones some mixed with some ultima replenisher electrolytes and a little bit of salt so that's how we did this long run this morning so that was without any substantial food since two o'clock yesterday i ran that long an hour and 30 minutes and didn't feel like i needed anything up until that hour and 30 minute mark that's about the point where i felt like wow I, I could use a piece of bacon mm-hmm. <laughs> and yeah. some water.
1: You, you could use some some refuel, and that's the standard when you know back when I did triathlons. Anytime you got into that forty five minutes to an hour is that's when you started. You know, hey, I need a goo or I need some type of drink. That's when you you planned your refuel so you never bonked. Uh, the sad thing was not you know how many times how many times you did that. You're eventually going to bonk if you were a carb eater because you just couldn't you couldn't keep the fuel going. Now that's the conversation we have keto carnivore what do you uh refuel with and when do you do it
0: yeah that was something that i kind of had a question about because when we finished that run this morning when i got back i didn't feel like eating Mm -hmm. my stomach was kind of shaky just because that was a long time out in the heat and i didn't feel a lot like eating anything very heavy so all that ever sounds good to me after that is like boiled eggs and bacon so I think I would have to have a team with me to go run to come behind me with boiled eggs and bacon. I don't think they provide that at most stations. No, most, in most most water stations
1: don't offer bacon. It's just
0: no, that's sad.
1: It's a sad thing. But yeah. and, but that's a great point. Is you have to figure out what can you eat at those times. What's not gonna you know upset your stomach or, or go easy on your stomach that you can digest and turn into energy and then keep going. And that's what you have to. Experiment with, and that's what we're going to have to work with to figure out: is it is it bacon and eggs? Do I run with a couple pieces of bacon, which I don't mind doing, yeah. or is it just you know you planned um, a keto drink? Like you've got some you know you take some keto uh, powder with you and mix it with some water at a certain stage. Keto magic
0: powder. Keto magic powder. No, we're talking about exogenous ketones, Correct. and a lot of people poo-poo the whole exogenous ketone thing, but. When you're doing sports performance stuff or you're doing a lot of endurance things or even CrossFit or whatever sport you have, doing sports and doing physical activity, with that comes inflammation, like good inflammation, because you're going to break muscles down. You're going to have some joint usage, and you want to minimize, like we've talked about on this show before that impact and you want to speed recovery and that's one thing that exogenous ketones definitely help with.
1: Oh yeah, if you're if you're any type of endurance athlete, you should really check it out because, you know, it, it, ketones are an energy source. They are. And so when you're when you're running for long distances, one of the one of your energy sources is is your body breaking down fat and turning it into ketones for energy. So this is just it's just like doing a, you know, a goo or another uh, starchy carby drink, but it's just instead of doing starchy carbies, you're doing you know the already processed, basically fatty acids.
0: Yeah, and I think that it's really interesting that you know that is not going to probably upset someone's stomach the way you hear a lot of people when they talk about taking the goose and mm-hmm. they have to start doing that. It's really upsetting to your digestive system all that sugar and right. carb. And the last thing that you want to do is get out there... On some sort of long endurance thing, and have to go to the bathroom, you know, or mm-hmm. have to throw up, because that's you're losing electrolytes and and you know salts when you do that. You're you're depleting yourself. Plus, it takes a lot out of you, and you have to stop. <laughs> you know, at least <laughs> most people. Hopefully, you stop if you have to have diarrhea or well, throw up.
1: There's plenty of stories of people that uh, you know ran marathons or triathlons, and they had to go. In and the they middle just of might. it, and they, <laughs> they look around, and then they just go.
0: Yeah, I, I can see how that could happen. It happens.
1: And, and, you know, we talked about this this morning, is you never do anything new on race day. Everything you do on race day should have already been tested. You should have already figured it out. You, you will know uh, what, what, how things are going to affect you when you use them. What, what happens, though, is people get into race day, and they get overzealous
0: i'm gonna try this Oh man i'm
1: gonna i'm gonna Ooh, what's that i'm gonna shove that down my throat that'll that'll be awesome and or they talk to somebody else that they they do a certain thing and then they try it and that's when things go bad so uh, never do anything new on race day have everything already figured out what you're going to do and how you're going to do it that way you don't run into the disaster pants
0: yeah you at least have to try it once because a lot of people get on a race course whether it's a spartan race or marathon or whatever And you do the thing of like, oh, cookies? I'll eat a cookie because they're there, right? Mm -hmm. And, or a banana. Well, if you've been carnivore and you haven't had fiber and you haven't had sugar in a really long time, there are a couple of things that could happen to you (laughs) very quickly with that in your gut. It's going to be upsetting. It could cause bloat. You Mm -hmm. could have explosive diarrhea, and sometimes if it's sugar, your body just refuses to have it in the in the stomach. I mean, I know we've talked about that before. Eating sugar and how some people, it just like me, it caused me to just vomit like yeah. immediately. And
1: you have to know how that food is going to affect you. The concerns I have about doing stuff like that because you know there's a lot of people that will train in a keto carnivore uh, way. I mean Zach Bitter is a great example. And then on his race days, he'll take in a little bit of starchy carbohydrates during the race period. My concern is I have arthritis, right? And how is that going to affect during my run? How is that going to affect my knee pain? Because right now it's it's managed very well. Like. You know, I talked about doing the, the Zero Cartilage, Zero Card blog about how to run, you know, how to run a marathon with, with no uh, cartilage and no mm-hmm. knee pain. Um, and so right now it's managed very well. So my concern would be putting that those type of things into my system, uh, what kind of reaction inflammation-wise happens in your body?
0: Yeah, that would be... Something that would be kind of scary to play with because mm-hmm. as soon as you get that inflammation in your knee, you can't run. So then training stops.
1: Right, exactly. And that's why <laughs> one of the reasons we use exogenous ketones is because they're anti-inflammatory. Right. So I'm, I'm okay with adding extra ketones in my system to keep the inflammation down. And we've said this before, if you're just a regular keto person just eating the, uh, the ketogenic diet, exogenous ketones are not they are not necessary. You don't have to have them. And you'll hear people all the time talk about they're just they're just a waste of money. They're not a waste of money if you understand what you're doing with them.
0: Right. If you're looking at it like, oh, this is the next greatest weight loss tool, probably not.
1: Yeah. You know, I see it all the time. There's a there's a Shark Tank thing, and it pops up on you know Facebook ads about just take this one pill at night, and that's all you have to do. Don't change anything, and you're going to lose weight. And it's a it's a keto pill. That's all it is. Right. So it's probably just beta hydroxybutyrate in a <clears throat> pill. And they're trying to get you to take it and not do anything else. Just take this pill. It's never that easy.
0: No, it's not. And sorry for my raspy voice. I think it was like all my deep breathing I was doing. Yeah, all doing the breathing. Oh, yeah. While so we did. I was running so and i tried something new. Out.
1: We tried something new. Okay. The, the breath holding thing this morning. Yes. So we did breath, breath hold kettlebell carries prior to the run.
0: And this is a Steve thing. And I have like... I've, want, I've, I've said I was going to do it forever, and I watch you do it, and I'm like, oh, that's so cool. Look what you're doing. And then I go to do it, and I'm like, this is really boring, <laughs> and I don't want to do this.
1: But <laughs> There's not I a whole st- lot of not boring things with, when it comes to working out.
0: Well, I, I like a little more like challenging things. <laughs> Until I started doing it, and I was like, whoa, this is challenging. This is super challenging.
1: Yeah, so you just do, you know, Wim Hof breathing technique. Uh, you know, you get a set of kettlebells that you can farm carry comfortably uh, for about a minute or so. Uh, you do the thirty Wim Hof in and out heavy breathing, and then uh, hold your breath, pick up the kettlebells, and just go.
0: Yeah, don't bend over when you go to pick up those kettlebells. Yeah, squat don't, down. Yeah,
1: squat down. Make sure you're not having any, uh, you know lightheadedness or adrenal issues
0: yeah i posted about this on our instagram stories the other day because um you know we've been we we started I, you've been doing it for a while you can make it a long way now holding your breath and carrying the kettlebells which yeah. is really impressive
1: it's exhilarating when you do it
0: and you wouldn't think that you you know you think well holding your breath walking with weights whatever but it is. It expands your lungs, and that's one of the things with running that you want to have a good aerobic capacity. And you want to have your lungs to where you can take in a lot of a, a lot of oxygen. Mm-hmm. And even this translates to the crossfit workouts and doing HIIT workouts because if you you know if you don't have that engine where you can take in oxygen and turn over mm-hmm. you know and clear lactic acid, those workouts become really difficult. And you'll just quit. But this really helps.
1: Yeah. So it, you're warming up your lungs. You're, you're expanding them before you go on a run. So they're all you know nice and warmed up. And also doing the pharma carries, you're, you're really doing a warm-up. You're, yeah. you're putting weight on your body and you're moving. And uh, it's getting everything in your legs warmed up. So when you drop those kettlebells and then you go run, you feel light.
0: And that is the key. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: That's the coolest part is you feel um, – usually the first mile is pretty – uh, miserable for me. Like I don't like it. It's, it's almost like I have to force myself to keep going. And after doing the, uh, breath hold kettlebell carries and then going out there running, I felt very light and easy for the first mile.
0: Yeah. And the first mile is usually the one for me too, that I I'm like, why am I even doing this? (laughs) And we hit that first hill going up into the neighborhood down there. And I'm like, why am I here?
1: (laughs) It's like that with most things. The first 10 minutes, if you're doing something that's long, the first 10 minutes is always, it seems to be the most excruciating.
0: Right. And once you get past that, you kind of go into what they call either the pain cave or you just like go to your happy place, whichever one you want to call it. And today I did feel that. Like I went into another place in my head. It wasn't painful. I, I don't run with any music or anything like that. So for an hour and a half, I'm with myself, which... Let's face it, that could be a party or that could be like really miserable. (laughs) It depends on the day.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yep. Yep. Having to spend time with yourself can sometimes be problematic.
0: I think that's why I really love that long endurance stuff, though. I love the CrossFit stuff. I don't want to give that up. But I also like incorporating this because there's something so therapeutic about just running Mm -hmm. and and what happens in your in your brain while you're doing that you're able to like work through a lot of stuff or have creative ideas i I will say that's probably the time when i do get my most creative ideas and i've even before we were keto so i wonder if it's when you cross over into that ketogenic state when you're running that your brain starts really firing off and i never really kind of connected that before
1: well i know a lot of people who do crossfit complain about running anytime there's run in the programs they complain about it but most of the really good crossfitters a lot of them came from a running background
0: yeah and everybody's kicking up the running training right now because of what happened in the games they had
1: a lot more running in the games so you got to you got to have your your run on point if you're going to go into the crossfit games and you can do both you can you can be a, a crossfit person which you know when we say crossfit we're like more of the you know there's gymnastics and olympic weightlifting movements in there and also be a good runner you can do both
0: yeah, because the metabolic conditioning part of crossfit, you know, the high intensity training pairs really well with the long distance running. Um, I mean, it just works really well. The weightlifting, the running, you become just a better all around athlete and more physically fit. Mm-hmm. Because you don't want to just run and have no muscle.
1: No, you don't you know? want to be. You don't want to be the uh, the marathon runner who who has just they look like they never picked up a weight in their life. Yeah, no. Or going say that I don't want to be. If that's who you are, that's fine. There's nothing against that. That's just not who I want to be. So gonna, let me rephrase that.
0: Right. Well, I think weightlifting, just lifting weight, period, is important for every person because you—that's how you're going to keep your bone density, mm-hmm. and that's how you're going to keep, you know, your body upright. <laughs> right.
1: I want to. I want to lift weights and run and just to be able to do all those things. That's what what I want to do. Right. I don't want to just be a runner.
0: Me either. I was never
1: that into it.
0: Well, I'm not fast, so I can't be a runner. (laughs) Well,
1: you know, in your late 40s, you're probably not going to develop a lot of speed.
0: I'm not going for speed. I'm just going for distance. How's that?
1: Yeah, right now it's just getting it done. Like, just doing it.
0: Yeah, and it's so fun. I mean, it's fun to challenge yourself. Not everybody likes to challenge themselves. And how do you like this segue? Mm. Not everybody likes to challenge themselves. And mannequins... In stores are showing that. <laughs> <laughs> that's, so okay, what, that's the
1: weirdest segue I think so I've ever. How does
0: that relate? Been involved? Well, in. I'll tell you. We went, you know, we went, we went to a little shopping center. I was there. I know you were there. So we went to this shopping center this weekend to walk around just to get out in public because we work from home so much, and we were going to go to one of our favorite stores and. Of course, it's gone out of business and it's not there. It's
1: something else. So
0: we walk around the corner, and in the window are these mannequins, and there's there. It's a men's store now, and these men mannequins all have bellies.
1: They had beer belly mannequins.
0: Beer belly mannequins.
1: And and I was like, what kind of store is this? And it was weird because they they,
0: were serving donuts.
1: They were. (laughs) They were, and they had an overweight mannequins, and I thought, wow. But when did this happen?
0: It wasn't a plus size men's store, like an extra, like, you know, those extra large men's stores. It was just a normal store with normal men clothes, but the men mannequins had beer bellies. It
1: was, and it was beer belly. It wasn't like it was a larger mannequin of, of someone who was no, just a large person. No, it had skinny legs. Yeah, it had skinny legs and arms, and it had a huge beer belly mannequin. It was weird.
0: And that's what I mean about some, some people just, you know, don't try
1: that mannequin did not try he at all. He did not
0: try. He <laughs> ate all the donuts. Yeah. Well, you know, it was just really startling because we've seen this trend and and it's not to it's it's not about body shaming at all. It's no. really I look at it as a health crisis like when we start saying, "Yeah, this is totally normal. This is what people look like." Then we're saying, "Okay, so unhealthy is okay." Well, we're, we're accepting that we don't
1: want unhealthy to be. It, it's common, but we don't want it to be normal.
0: Exactly. I guess,
1: that, I guess if that makes any sense. And when you start, you know, making mannequins to reflect, and, and it's not inaccurate. That mannequin reflects most of society. You know, being, I passed
0: by five guys that look just like that, <laughs>
1: just like that, on the sidewalk. You know, and when you go out anywhere, it's you you find that there's a lot of people that are in a health crisis. They're metabolically messed up. I was in, uh, you know, on a business trip last week and I went to dinner with a friend and I would say 90% and I'm not even exaggerating 90% of those people in that restaurant were, were grossly overweight. Yeah. And again, this is not about, uh, you know, making people who are overweight feel bad. We don't think that you should not feel bad, but you should also feel motivation to try and, and be a little healthier.
0: Well, it's, it all boils down to health because we are in a health crisis. We know that, you know, circumference of our waist kind of helps determine our risk for other diseases. And, you know, primarily in men, we're looking at heart disease. When you're, When your gut circumference, your waist circumference is bigger than your shoulders, we're looking at, this is like dangerous. Mm-hmm. We're in dangerous territory right. because... That represents a whole lot of fat that is in and around your vital organs, which makes a lot of stress in the body, creates a whole lot of stress. So I deeply regret my segue right now because it was so bad, <laughs> but I did want to talk about this because it's, it's something that's becoming a, sh- a social norm.
1: Right. And, and well, here's the sad part is I know most of those people have tried to become healthy. Yeah. I know that they have because uh, most people, you know, really want to be healthy. The problem is they've gotten the wrong information from mainly doctors and dietitians of, of how to be healthy. And there's so much bad information out there, it's really confusing. So it, it, people almost get so frustrated that they quit and they give up. They throw their arms in the air. And you know what? I'm just going to eat whatever I want and, and just to hell with it. Right. So that's kind of where we've come in society. There's all these, uh, you know, all this bad information out there and people are so frustrated. So that's what you want to turn to people that have done it. You know, the people that you know that has worked for them.
0: Exactly. So, so
1: you know, and one of the things we want to talk about today, now that we're you know, like 24 minutes into this, um, is people that are just starting on keto. We've been doing this for a while. And sometimes uh, it's so easy for us, we almost forget what it was like to start.
0: Right. We we you know, you have to think back. This is like our back to the future episode. Back to keto. You know, we're we're eating primarily carnivore now and I have to look back and go, "Wow, we started with more of a whole 30, mm-hmm. crossed over into paleo, like a paleo whole 30. Then we kind of crept our way into low carb and keto and now we're here." Yeah. And so it was a lot of transitioning
1: there was a lot of transitioning, a lot of experimentation, a lot of this is cool, let's try this because we'd heard of this. I, I think it really all changed when we start when we started going to the low carb conferences.
0: We really educated ourselves. Mm-hmm. We we went head first and started trying to figure this thing out. And even then, you get conflicting information even back then. Mm-hmm. You know, back then a few years ago, protein was like Ooh! Yeah. Don't overdo it on that.
1: Don't don't eat too much protein because gluconeogenesis is going to kick you out of ketosis.
0: Yeah. So we had that whole thing going on, and I had never heard of that up until that point. I didn't even know that term. And so then all of a sudden I'm like, well, I better not eat too much meat. I better eat a lot more vegetables, nuts and seeds, and all these things, mm-hmm. and um, avoid eating too much meat because I don't want my ketosis to go away and you start chasing the ketone number on right. the, on the little ketone meter. Yeah. But
1: In which we went through a couple.
0: Yeah, we've tried different ones and I think for someone starting it's kind of fun sometimes to check your numbers. It and is fun. See where you're at. It's it, still
1: fun, I'm not gonna lie.
0: Oh <laughs> I like to I like to prick my finger and bleed. So it is pretty fun to see the numbers. Um, And especially if somebody's coming from a type 2 diabetes or a type 1 diabetes situation or pre-diabetes, it's important to know your blood sugars and all those things. And you might already be accustomed to doing these kinds of tests. Yeah. But we started with that. And I think we've had so many questions this last week about people who are just now starting. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: And we want to just kind of clear some things up.
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, things that, that we learn and w- what did we do when we first started keto? Like what what was uh, the types of foods we ate? I, I would say I ate a lot of cheese and I ate a lot of nuts as snacks.
0: Yeah, I would say that I ate a lot of nuts. I like nuts and I like uh, yeah, cheese too, Cashews, so. macadamia
1: nuts. I mean, I ate a lot of them. And, and the reason being is, is prior to, I snacked a lot. I was a heavy snacker on all kinds of stupid little foods. Fritos, peanut butter crackers, vanilla wafers, you know, I ate a lot of snacky foods because I was always hungry. Yeah. So I kind of felt that when I came to keto, I still needed those little little snacks. So I, you know, cashews all the time, you know, a lot of, uh, you know, you know, just single slice cheese or, you know, cube cheese, whatever it was. I, I ate a lot of that stuff initially when we were first kind of went keto.
0: Right. I know. And, you know, I think when we started... I did a lot of recreating, mm-hmm. and I think that's what a lot of people do. They go keto, and all of a sudden, okay, well, I, wanna, I want pizza, so I'm going to recreate and do keto pizza. I want muffins, so I'm going to recreate and make lemon blueberry muffins. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, all the different things. I want cake, so I'm going to make keto cake. Mm-hmm. I did all that. And you can way overcomplicate this thing if you start doing it that way.
1: Yeah, keto cookies. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's so many recreation on ketos. And and the thing is, is it's never as good as it was.
0: It's not. And most people get really disappointed. And I think that's a point of discouragement for some people when they're expecting a chocolate chip cookie. And they make a keto cookie. And they're like, this isn't the same at all.
1: It's not. It's just and, not going to be. You can't yeah,
0: do it. And then they feel a little bit like... Deprived. Mm-hmm. It's then that deprivation sets in and yep. then they start spiraling out of control, <laughs> you know. And I'll be honest, I mean, it even happens to us sometimes. Like this weekend, I don't know what was going on, but I saw so many advertisements or people talking, not even advertisements, but people posting about this new keto ice cream, Rebel Creamery. Yeah. And all of a sudden it said, find it in a store near you. Cause I looked on their website and so I plugged in our zip code and it showed me that it's at the Kroger I always go to <laughs> and I, my first thought was I'm gonna need this so I'm gonna go get us pints of ice cream and we're gonna eat our own pint each I'm not sharing I'm getting the one I want and then you can get whatever I had that moment you know this weekend and then I was like wait a minute what will that do for me absolutely nothing
1: yeah. This happens to everybody. It's not, you know, we're, we're not, not
0: immune to it. Yeah, We're not
1: immune to this. It's going to happen to everybody. And it happens to most people. Uh, I, I would say usually about the first 30 days when they do keto, uh, they'll do really well. And then it's about that 30 day mark with this, this kind of thing happens. If it does, it's okay. It's not a big deal unless you have some type of health issue that you really need to stick to keto for health reasons. Uh, if you're, you're like us where we do it, we do it, uh, you know, for performance, uh, we do it because we're we want to ward off future health crisis. We understand that I've had those before, that so it it makes me feel healthier. If we come off the rails for a weekend, uh, the only you know price I have to pay is I'm going to have discomfort. I'm going to have arthritis. Uh, I'm going to have maybe some in, you know intestinal issues. Uh, I might maybe I might put on a little more weight, but that those are not huge deals because. I can deal with the discomfort. I can, I can fast for 24 hours and get back into ketosis and get rid of the arthritis pain. Um, You know, we can, we can exercise and get rid of the extra weight. So uh, don't feel like that if you did that, that all of a sudden you're out of the keto club.
0: Yeah, I think that's a really important thing for new people to remember that if you do have that moment where maybe it wasn't a keto ice cream you broke down with, but maybe it was straight up regular ice cream (laughs) that you had at a party or at a birthday or cake and ice cream or whatever, it's okay. It's not the end of the world. Yeah. Unless you are in a health situation where that can literally take your life, like type one diabetic Mm -hmm. or even type two, if you were to have a blood sugar issue that could cause you, you know, irreparable damage, then, you know, you're going to be okay. And like you said, you just fast or you, you know, you fast or or you go work out or you do whatever to get yourself back into that Ketogenic state. Yeah, just reset,
1: yeah. focus, and then move forward. Don't look back. That's the biggest mistake is don't look back at what mistakes you made. Look forward at what you want to do because that's how you're going to get better. Um, but you know, if, again, if you're you did keto for 30 days and you and you you messed it up or you went off the rails, fine. Get back on. Get back and eat the things that you know. But you talk about you know back to talking about recreating things. We did that for a long time. Like the keto pizza was, that was our Friday night thing because for me. Friday night pizza has been something that, uh, you know, my family did since I was a kid. And I know a lot of people did that. Mm-hmm. They have, you know, you have family traditions and Friday night pizza was just a thing that we always did. And as I got older, I kind of continued that tradition with my kids. Hey, Friday night pizza. And this goes back to um, if you're if you're an unhealthy, overweight adult and you're treating your kids like you know, they eat what you eat, they're going to grow up and be an unhealthy, overweight adult.
0: Right. And and is replacing regular pizza with keto pizza bad? No, no, it's not. It's not bad. But there are times when it's appropriate. And then for us, like you said, it was a Friday night. But I think the trap, and we call these keto traps, mm-hmm. is that
1: no, we call them keto twaps.
0: Keto twaps, they're, like, like, they're
1: just like booty twaps, but they're keto twaps. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> that's so what for I said. All you
0: goony fans, that's
1: what I said. Keto twaps.
0: Exactly. Yeah,
1: everybody knows Goonies.
0: Everybody does. If you don't, oh, shame on you. <laughs> but recreating the trap there is that then you eat that food all the time. And is keto pizza the most nutrient dense food on a ketogenic diet you could eat? Absolutely not. It's really still kind of junk food.
1: It's, it's kind of your good cheat meal on a keto diet.
0: Yeah, we, you know, some people call it dirty keto. And, and is it okay to have dirty keto? Every now and again, absolutely, as mm-hmm. long as you can tolerate those foods like dairy and almond flour and you know all that fun stuff. Mm-hmm. But do you want to get sucked into having that every single night and for breakfast, lunch, and dinner or for your OMAD every single day? Maybe not because you might not be pulling in the nutrients that your body actually needs. And that is a thing the ketogenic diet is really about getting a nutrient-dense diet into your regular daily life and if we would do a lot of these replacement foods that are really kind of like a just a replication of junk foods then we might not be getting the nutrients that we need and so that's when cravings for other things like, well, now I need ice cream or now I need cookies. <laughs> yes. That's where that comes from. Is it a cry for, is it a hunger cry? No, it's probably that you just didn't get your nutrient requirement met by eating just the keto junk foods. Right. And so you you think you're having cravings. But the cravings are actually just like You're hungry. Your, your body's hungry for nutrients.
1: And that's the, that's a great point. Just because you ate food doesn't mean you satisfied your body's requirement for nutrients. And this is where uh, most people, and not keto people, just regular people, that's why they're always hungry. Because they're eating all this junk food, whether it's, you know, Whataburger or Chick-fil-A or, you know, Olive Garden, a lot of pasta, that you eat all this food and you're still hungry. And the reason being is because you haven't satisfied your body's requirement for nutrients. So it's only way, your body's only way to get more is, hey, I'm hungry, feed me more food. Let's do it right this time. And that's why we've said this before, why I could eat an entire large pizza before all by myself because there was no nutrients really in that food.
0: Nope.
1: So my body was like, keep shoveling it in, still haven't got what I needed, keep on doing that until I was so full I couldn't stuff anymore in my belly or wear my pants.
0: Right. But <laughs> you still weren't nourished. And that's, right. You were overfed and undernourished. Overfed and, and undernourished. And that's really when we start looking back, you know, to circle back to the social norms that we're accepting now, we're accepting that few people are just... just overfed and undernourished because we have this problem where like you've, you've got all these stores in your body, Mm -hmm. like you're storing all this fat, but you're still hungry. That should be a big red flag to us that, you know, you've got all these stores of fat in your body, but you're not satisfied. That's a weird thing for a human body to do. So the fact that we socially accept that through, you know, mannequin placement. And what was funny about that store was that it had this mannequin, but then it was serving donuts. So I just (laughs) am like, you're really irresponsible in this, in this area, but whatever, you have no idea, I'm sure, what you're doing.
1: Oh, I looked at one shirt and it was like $185 and I said, well, I'm leaving.
0: Yeah, we didn't stay. (laughs) But, you know, I think that that's the big thing now is that so many people in our Country and in our world um, are overfed and undernourished, and and that's a that's a huge problem, and it will continue to be a problem as the vegan diet keeps being pushed on us through every single commercial. Almost during football yesterday, it was insane. I
1: know it drives me totally crazy, the, and the, and the what really gets me is people think that if you're not doing a vegetarian or vegan diet, that you don't care about the planet or you don't care about other people, or you don't care about your health. And that is what irks me. Is because they're just straight up pushing lies of uh, how healthy this is when it's not. Mm-hmm. So anyway, I don't want to get on a, yeah, on a, on a, a vegan basher <laughs> no. platform. I could do that all day long. No,
0: but we want to talk about a little bit about starting keto, like we have been for the last, what, few minutes.
1: Yeah. yeah, you know, starting keto. Everybody starts somewhere.
0: And for new people, you know, I think the biggest thing is just changing the breakfast. Mm-hmm. Start small, keep everything super simple. The recreations add a lot of stress because they're oftentimes not gonna be what the old food that you're comparing it to tastes like, so that's disappointing to people. But if you just keep it super simple, start your breakfast with just basic bacon and eggs, bacon and sausage, keep the bunless burger or whatever at, at lunchtime, and then have meat and vegetables and butter and avocado or whatever at dinner you're going to be a hundred percent better within a short time. And you're going to start really feeling like your body is nourished
1: mm-hmm.
0: and you, you know, you might miss it and have some cravings at first. Everybody does, but that goes away very quickly. Well,
1: the cravings are mental. You're not going yeah. to be hungry because what, you, what we've had happen a lot with people uh, in the past is, is uh, they'll go keto and in the morning they'll eat all the fat. So they'll have a fat coffee with eggs cooked in bacon with a couple pieces of sausage um and an avocado
0: yeah it's a lot of fat that's
1: a lot of fat and if you're coming from a standard american diet where you were low fatting then oh my gosh then you're gonna have issues you're definitely not going to be hungry though
0: no you're not you might (laughs) be in the bathroom for three days
1: but um or or like some people just they just throw it back up
0: Right. We've had that. So we have talked about this several times before in previous podcasts. So just go binge listen to everything. But we do want to address the where you start. And that is just with, you know, meat, vegetables, nuts, seeds, maybe some cheese if you tolerate it. And that's pretty simple if you just kept it to that. Mm -hmm. The above ground vegetables, healthy fats like avocado, butter, lard, um, full-fat dairy, things like that. It's not It's not extremely difficult. I think that there's just a barrier there for a lot of people when they want to make all their food taste like, you know, Domino's Pizza and, uh, you know, whatever donuts and yeah. cake. And, and,
1: and also stay away from a lot of the packaged drinks and packaged foods that are keto because most of them, uh, if it comes from like Slim Fast or... <laughs> our Atkins, uh, you want to label read, you want to be a very good label reader because a lot of those times, um, somebody, you know, posted a slim <clears> fast <throat> drink and it had, had soy lecithin and, and some other really, you know, questionable ingredients just, just thrown in there. So those, uh, those companies that are making those, you know, huge amounts of these, you know, prepackaged foods probably really don't give a crap about your health. Right. They're just looking to make money. They, they Slim Fast, I can tell you right now, they've been screwing people up for years. And they came onto this keto bag wagon, bandwagon very recently.
0: Right, they so, did.
1: So just stay away the best you can from some of those drinks.
0: And a lot of people are coming onto the keto bandwagon. So that means oh more gosh. products are going to be on the market with the label on it that says keto. Which means that as consumers, you're going to have to become really adept at reading those labels. Because when we went to the, this shopping center... And went shopping. We went into the bookstore there. And the last time we were there, there was an enormous amount of keto magazines and cookbooks in in the book section. Mm-hmm. There was a ton of keto books. It literally doubled from the last time we were there. There were so many publications in the magazine section that said Keto Beginner's Guide, Women's Day, Keto's, Keto Beginner's Guide, and all these different magazines. Delish has a Keto Beginner's Guide all these publications are starting to put, you know, their recipes in there, and what's interesting is, like, one of them had all these recipes, and I know these recipes because I follow people, and one of them was the Fathead Pizza. They gave no one credit for any of the recipes. They're and not going to. So, you got to look through them, too, and make sure they're actually keto. So, I mean, what they're interested in, it's just like any product. If it says keto on the front, they're hoping that you're not going to turn it around and read the back of it for a product. And magazines are going to be the same way. You're going to see keto on front, and you're going to have to really look at it and go, okay, is this really keto? Mm -hmm. And that's going to be difficult for new people because... Hey, you just don't know yet,
1: right? You just don't know. Yeah, and and, it, and it's great that there was an, an explosion in the access to ketogenic magazines and and books. I mean, you know, it's really cool. But there's a pitfall to that is I'll, they're just after your dollar.
0: Isn't everybody just after our
1: dollar? <laughs> I saw one. It was it was some guy from Jersey Shore, and it was called the Keto Guido.
0: I know. And which That's a, a great title. It's a great
1: title. It's very catchy. But, man, that guy has already been on a reality show, and he's writing this book just to make more money off of you.
0: I hope he's really keto, and I hope he's healthy. I I
1: think he is. I think I saw where he was really keto, but, man, you know— You just got to be careful when you you buy stuff like that.
0: I would be partnered with somebody to make his book, to write his book. Yeah,
1: because you know this guy is not a chef, and he he doesn't have a background in food. He just is a personality, so he wrote a book hoping people would spend their hard-earned money on his book.
0: Well, hopefully he knows what he's talking about. Maybe he does. Maybe he does. I mean, I don't know. I didn't look at it.
1: There's a lot of people that jumped on the Keto Bag, Megan. Again, which is great. There's that means there's more access and there's more information for you to digest, but that's also the pitfall. Now there's more information for you to digest.
0: I know, and just like everything else, when it starts getting to be big, it starts to have like all these little splinters off of it that are variations of it that aren't true. So it's just something to think about when you buy a magazine, when you buy a product, when you, you know, when you're. When you're starting this fresh and new, I mean, it's really important to stick to the basics. Single item, single ingredient items like eggs, steak, chicken, you know, these are easy to identify. An avocado, that's easy to identify as a real food that's ketogenic. It's when you start buying the packages Mm -hmm. of things that, you know, they're going to have things in there that you don't even know. I still have to look things up sometimes.
1: Right. So, so a, a, again, that's the whole point. I think what we what we kind of get into for the people who just started on on keto is to keep it simple, the best you can. Don't overcomplicate it. Uh, and if you know you have questions, ask somebody that's been doing it for a while.
0: Yep, absolutely. Okay. Did we talk about enough stuff?
1: We talked about a lot of stuff, mostly about us. So hey, what are you going to do, right?
0: Well. It is our podcast. (laughs) (laughs) They know what they're getting into. (laughs) We do have one thing to talk about um, at the end of this is the KetoCon conference coming up in 2020. Yes. So I can't believe I just said 2020.
1: I know. 2020. It's coming.
0: It's so weird. But that's going to be in June. We're going to put a link because up until the end of today... You can get tickets half price. Mm, yeah. So as soon, I better get this up fast.
1: We'll get it out today. Yeah. Um. So yeah, you know, if you haven't already, you know, purchased uh, tickets to KetoCon, we we recommend it. It's it's growing every year. It's a really fun uh, event, and uh, we love going. We get to meet people that listen to the podcast or that we've you know that we follow online. So it's a great get together from everybody in the keto community, and they do and they put on a great event.
0: Oh, the expo itself—you could just walk around there and just have so much fun, just looking at all the different items and products and meeting people. It's it's the best time, mm-hmm. and they have such great breakout sessions that pretty much whatever you're interested in, you'll find something for you at KetoCon. I even saw that they're thinking of putting in like a uh, Wagyu beef station, like wow, where you can buy. A snack, I think, maybe of wagyu beef. I don't know. I didn't really catch what exactly they were doing, but all I saw was meat sizzling on a pan, and I was sold. <laughs> yeah, I'm so sold.
1: so we'll put a, a link, uh, you know, on the podcast where you can click and go uh, purchase tickets. So maybe we'll see you there.
0: Yeah, and if you purchase today, you'll be entered into a chance to win and have your your ticket upgraded to a VIP ticket, which is kind of a big deal because then you would get all the VIP. Um, little
1: breakout sessions. yeah. And
0: well, the dinners, dinners, everything, all that stuff, all the fun stuff after
1: parties, the hidden parties, you could be a celebrity. You could, yeah. be a celebrity. Yeah. you could be a celebrity. All right. Well, Hey, I think that wraps it up for today. Uh, we appreciate you guys listening. Have a great day. Go out there, eat fat and prosper. Thanks for listening to the TASCO kitchen. Hit subscribe and leave us a review.
0: Don't forget to send your questions to the TK questions gmail.com and visit our website, thetacticalkitchen.com.